Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, you're going to wreck my career. You have no idea who I am. <laughs> I'm not going to wreck your career. I looked at your I mean, I know somewhat of who you are. That was, that okay. was I, no, I don't, I've never gone into a podcast 100% not knowing that that would That's be stupid. Good. That would be stupid. But for people that I have the first time they are on, I do ask them to introduce themselves. So okay. take the floor. Introduce yourself. Episode 233. Hi, everyone. Uh, Tom, thank you for having me on. Of course. Uh, it's a pleasure. Um, and my name is Gabby Jurgens. I'm the creator and designer behind Homefront Girl Brand, um, which is a brand that I started um, a couple of years ago, um, having lived uh, a life within the military as both a daughter, uh, then a wife, mm-hmm. raised my son in this life, a long history within my family of military service. And the purpose was I wanted to see reflected in retail, something that I'd never seen growing up, which was um, the sort of the, the ins- an inspirational quality of what the life of a military family and the kids, and it, uh, what I came to call the other half of the brave. Okay. Because service is on both sides. Yes. And um, so as a designer and as a creative, I started building up a portfolio. I now have 6,000 plus designs and images in my portfolio. So um, Home for Girl uh, uh, took off. I did, um, I've licensed to the Yankee Candle Company, um, Inesco, TF Publishing, Kurt Adler for Christmas, ornaments, uh, fabric collections. Um, and most of that, you know, I've been very, you know, one of the things I think that you can take away from if you've had any military, and I know you have military people on, is one of the things that I, it becomes part of your DNA, I think. It's something that happens is that you always want to give back when you can. Mm-hmm. I'm not a nonprofit, but whenever I've been able to associate the collections with a charity, uh, such as Lone Survivor Foundation, or or I've been able to donate to their auctions, or I've been able to give back, as I did with uh, the Yankee Candle Collection. Um, I have done that, and that has been um, a very, uh, very enriching thing for me as a designer and having the studio. So that is um, that's who I am. I am the girl behind Homefront Girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was that that was beautiful. I was going to say yeah, and. Um... Mike Durant, the uh, the Black Hawk Down pilot, in his book, In the Company of Heroes, he talks about, uh, yeah, he talks about the marriages behind it. And he goes, he does a whole chapter on it. And he was like, this is what no one ever hears about. It's like, it's all the wives at home. And, you know, it's all these guys in Delta Force or 160, excuse me, 160th SOAR, which was basically the spec, spec ops helicopters. He's like, they don't, you know, they don't know anything. They, you know, these guys get, you know, they get a call, their beeper goes off, and they're on an airplane to who knows where. Is it Africa? Is it Canada? Who knows? And they'll be back. Who knows? Maybe I'll be back in a day. Maybe I'll be back in two months. And they're all sworn to secrecy, and they can't hear anything. And if they do hear anything from when they're overseas, it's, hey, uh, your husband's been killed. And he's like, they do not get enough attention. 
and he says uh he says you should never you should never marry uh, a guy in special forces but then he goes but the i think his quote is the heart is a blind hunter so that doesn't really matter so, I love and, that quote. Yeah, isn't it, is it a awesome? The, it's a completely blind hunter. Yeah, yes, yeah. We, and we don't even have to be military to totally get that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know, right? That's. But I, he's right. Yeah. He's absolutely right. And um, I know, you know, I've read his book, and of course, I have friends who were in uh, a part of Black Hawk Down, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, were part of the team that was there as mm-hmm. well. And uh, I think that that was. You know, growing up in this life and seeing what I saw, and I'm an inveterate journal keeper. And after my former husband retired, and I moved to the middle of absolute nowhere, uh, where it just snowed, snowed, and snowed, <laughs> and it was like, okay, everybody goes off to high school and to a new job, and you know, I'm like, what do I do with the rest of my life? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Where's this? How's this going to work? Yeah. But I couldn't, I had to do something. So I decided to dip into a lot of the journals that I kept over the years, uh, things that I wanted to remember. And one of the main things was I went to a show in New York and it was a show that really retails, uh, uh, I'm sorry, not retail. It really um, caters to the idea of companies that come in looking for artwork and designs and brands that they then, uh, you know, contract to put to make licensing agreements to say i'll use your artwork and put it on products so let's say a flag or not a flag uh, a rug or a, a throw or a a, a mug or whatever it mm-hmm. is uh, or greeting cards or anything and when i walked around there for two days i was in new york and that's really was the start is when i walked around and i said why don't i see 24 million demographic reflected here yeah why don't i see this here and then i went back home and i said well i got a couple of winters to kill (laughs) let me teach myself every adobe program that i could teach myself because i had gone to a seminar and they said you got to teach you know you gotta you gotta know this you gotta know that and of course i had no idea i was a pencils and markers and you know and watercolor paper i was like old school I had no idea. I was like, okay, so I've got to teach myself. And trust me, learning anything new after 30 is difficult yeah. for anyone, okay? Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. So, But I was I was kind of a computer geek, so it, didn't, it wasn't that difficult um, other than the fact that sometimes, well, Illustrator almost killed me, but I got through it. <laughs> but uh, there were times, I swear, I would look out the window that was right to the side of my uh, studio desk, and I would look at the winter falling, and it was just like the snow, and I thought, okay, just keep going, yeah. keep going, keep going, just do it. Yeah. Um, and, and I enjoyed it, but it was the learning process. And what I tell a lot of military-wise and a lot of women in general who are married and you know have husbands who have those jobs and what you said earlier about you know uh durant saying that you know they don't get the attention right they don't get the attention and i think that was the that was the touchstone from which i launched um the collection is that i wanted that attention i think it's important for the country now i'm not a nonprofit. yeah i i wanted to see retail i want to see stuff in the stores that say you know, imagine a world without heroes. Freedom is never free. Yeah. I wanted emotional products and I wanted things. Um, and then I went on to, of course, expand. Now I haven't licensed these. I wish I could. Anybody out there listening, please call me. Oprah <laughs> girl. Uh, I went on and developed Homefront Baby. 
I developed everything from, you know, bedding to binkies to, you know, I've designed over 80 camos that from a pattern that I created myself and they're all fun. They're not grandpa's camos. They're yeah. fun. I wanted trend. I wanted something, yeah. you know, that was full of color and life. Um, and then I wanted the messaging to be absolutely um, on target. And I think having lived this life um, and having, um, for all my life, I think I probably am one of, as someone who has been in this life for as long, I don't think there's anyone um, better than someone who's lived this life to be able to say, this is what this life is about. Because we know the the, the pitfalls where you don't go. Yeah. Um, because when you live this life, you have a very uh, protective and you have a very insular um, environment I'll live. We are connected by experiences that we, we all share from being the family that does not know where that special ops guy is going to leave yeah. and where he's going and yeah. he will not be telling her. Yeah. Um, and that's why, you know, honestly, that's why the divorce rate is so high within the special ops community. Yeah. It's not an easy life. No. You know, it's, it's not, um, the guys are great, but they chose. And then to tie your life to that, it's very, it's very difficult, yeah. you know? Um, and so I expanded it to home from baby. Then I did home from pets. Uh, because we have four-legged heroes that we love. <laughs> yep, yep. And um, then we uh, expanded it to uh, Homefront Kids because I think it's about time that our children see their life reflected in retail from backpacks to, you know, you know, picking out folders for school to pencils to whatever it is to being able to say, hey, that's me. Yeah. I, I That's who I am. Yeah. You know, instead of being the kid that nobody quite understands, um, because you don't have a parent that shows up at school for your games or or a dad that shows up or a mom because they're deployed. There's something very, very unique to the life that uh, military families live. And I think that was the overriding goal is I wanted to shine a light to uh, really cement the bonds within our military families uh, in life. And also to give a peek to the civilian community as to we're more than just the white buses that say goodbye. And we're more than just the welcome home videos that you see on YouTube. Yeah. Um, So that was part of it. Yeah. It's, I was going to, it's kind of, kind of a a 180. I was going to say, you've, you've mentioned it twice now. Uh, I'm not a nonprofit. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's, it's, there isn't, but I want to make a profit, honey. I have to live. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) That's what I mean is, is a lot of people kind of with anything it is that anyone does. It's like, Oh, but you're, you know, it's like, I love doing this podcast. I absolutely love it. And I also want to make money on it. And if I ever say that to anyone, they're like, oh, so you don't just want to talk to guests. You also want to make money. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I want to, it's, dude, I've I've gotten a medical school out of college in 2013. Yeah, I read your bio. You're amazing. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, but it's, I, you know, I, I, I loved medicine. I loved volunteering at hospitals. I loved shadowing doctors. It was great. I loved it. But if you'd ever bring up to anyone like, yeah, no, I also want to make a killer paycheck, they'd look at you like, you know, like you're Satan. And you'd be like, dude, like, as much as I like this, there's a more than romanticism is going to have to carry you through your 97th straight night in the library past 2 a.m. studying molecular biology and, and organic chemistry. Like, you can have all these beautiful ideas about this is what I'm going to do and this is who I'm going to help. But 
it's it's more has to carry you through that and knowing that okay you're going to be financially set that that pulls you through when when you're exhausted and you're on day three of no sleep and finals week but if you ever bring that up people are oh so you're not non-profit so yeah i just wanted to say that's just yeah personal yeah I, yeah who cares yeah you make money i don't think that's how shit, but you know that's the amazing thing done. is what you just said is true you know what gets you through okay so you go off and you go to medical school and you make those amazing sacrifices of nights and and expense of everything right yeah okay so then you become a doctor okay then you have the ability to go out and you can volunteer for you know or do the things Mm -hmm. that you want to do that you're doing now which means that you're giving back i think the whole key to it is that um whatever um anyone uh, takes the opportunity to say okay i want like for example when i did the collection for the yankee candle company and we had a portion of the profits and a a limit that we were going to meet uh to um uh, homes for our troops for triple amputees who get mortgage-free homes it was it's a great organization it's here in new england and of course uh yankee candles a new england company yeah so it tied perfectly um and so um, I did the um, video. Um, I had never done that. I did the voiceover, the narration of the actual to launch the collection. And um, out of that, I didn't have to, you know, when I sign a contract, I, I don't have to do anything. I, you yeah. know, I don't have to. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, I can take everything just for me, yeah, you know, yeah. but you know, there is that sort of a thing. If you have an opportunity to say, okay, let's tie it to something that we can give back and um, that you can do that. It doesn't happen all the time, but if you can, and if you have the opportunity, why not? But at the same time, you are a business yeah. and, um, and that is uh, certainly the American way yeah. is to move forward yeah. and to build a business. Um, and just as, you know, what I think is so interesting because your your podcast, you know, you have this podcast, which is great. And I know Mitzi called you the next, what's his name? Rogan? Joe Rogan. Yeah. Mitzi tells me. Yeah. The you're next the next Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. So yeah. So I'll, I'll be doing the same thing. I knew him back when. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Hey, that's me. So, I, I think it's awesome. <laughs> monetizing a podcast is very difficult. Yeah. It's, uh, it's extraordinary. I don't know what the, 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 the the key the secret is to it i have no idea uh but it is not that easy no um and um i'll tell you when i figure it out yeah well you tell me yeah, yeah. could you just send it over <laughs> yeah i'll tell you once i figure it out yeah people ask me like, yeah Man, it is good. not yeah. an easy thing to do yeah. uh but the key thing is is how many of the podcasts that you do put out there and um you know the interest of uh keeping you know you know you've had so, so many amazing authors um and you've had you know, so many amazing people who are energetic and excited about doing things um, and being involved. Um, and I think that's that's one of those things that finding, you know, I've listened, before I got into podcasting, before I even did Homefront Girl, the podcast, and really 
there's two reasons why I did it. I can be very pragmatic and tell you that the main reason was, well, not the main reason, but one reason was marketing. Absolutely. I thought it was a great opportunity for marketing the brand. Yeah. Right. And then the second one was, um, I do love talking to people. Um, they didn't call me Gabby just by accident. Touche. Touche. Right. She knew this girl's going to talk her yeah. head off. Yeah. So, um, I, I do enjoy it. And I had gotten into voiceover and narration, um, another very difficult environment, very difficult uh, line of work to get into as well. Um, but um, I do enjoy, you know, it's, I think the, the idea of telling a story, uh, being a part and, and sharing the stories. I've interviewed Helen Patton, whose grandfather was General George Patton, oh, and sick. who's a friend. And she's great. Yeah, no, it was great. That was the last interview that I did. And um, today I'll be interviewing a uh, uh, first-time female filmmaker, uh, Christian Taylor, which I'm excited to because her film, her documentary film about the, uh, the Normandy and the D-Day landings is winning uh, awards all over the country as it makes its way through the film festival. Hell yeah. And, uh, and it's, it's such an extraordinary uh, subject. And having been to Normandy and seen what she um actually i learned so much from just watching that and i thought i knew everything about normandy but mm-hmm. i learned a lot um but you you bring so much of that and then we did mitzi purdue you had mitzi and she talked to you about you know mitzi's like oh my gosh she's so golden and yeah. she just it's just amazing and she has no problem telling you her age i know i know that's <laughs> and, i didn't I, believe I, her you know, to have that energy i mean at that age and, and be uh so is uh is a gift really yeah. And uh, and those are the kinds of things that you're bringing to light, and I'm hoping to bring to light. I got a chance to interview the uh, some of the cast members from the movie The Outpost. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you got it. Did you see the movie? I have not. Oh, Tom, you got to go watch that movie. Okay. <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> All right, I get feel on like... Netflix now. Okay, okay, go watch that movie. Okay. So I got to interview the um, co-president of Millennium Media that puts it out. They're the ones that put out the uh, Gerard Butler Fallen series. Okay. Uh, have you seen that? No, but I'm familiar with the name. Oh, okay. What What do you watch, dear? I am, what exactly I, do you see? <laughs> I am. I am. This is. This comes up a lot on this podcast. I live under a cultural rock, and I have my whole life. It just. Uh-huh. I'm. I'm weird like that. I I think I read Harry Potter in like 2015. Like it's. So it's it's not just anything you're mentioning. It's there's a good chance that 99 percent of anything you mention any movies or shows i probably have i and it's just i don't know i it's not like a it's not like a hipster thing like i don't i just it's it's like and i don't i don't avoid it either if it like comes across my lap you know and i'm sick or whatever and i'm how how have you gotten through COVID? what are you binge watching how are you getting through? i've done a podcast almost every day and i think i've listened to a i think i've listened to to 104 audiobooks since March. Oh, okay, so you like audiobooks. I listen to, yeah, I listen to like historical books probably eight to 10 hours a day, just going on in the background. That's how I've gotten through COVID is I've, I decided when it started, I was like, there's two ways I can come out of this. I can come out of this like a wreck or I'm stuck at home, which means everyone else is stuck at home, which means a lot of people are going to be available for podcasts. Absolutely, <laughs> that exactly. Was, that was my mindset. <laughs> 
And now that here is I a am. good mindset. Yeah. But we got to, well, yeah, I'll be texting you movies that you have got to add to your binge watching. Absolutely, I will. It's just, yeah. So it's, people ask me, they're like, what have you? I'm like, dude, I don't know. It just, I don't know. I have nothing against it. I just, I don't know. It's, but it, yeah, it comes up a lot. Why haven't I seen this, that, or the other thing? I don't know. Well, you know, the whole country has just been on a binge of watching television. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, so, yeah. you know, you're stuck in a house with, you know, that box there is mesmerizing. It's I know. Like, okay, what's on TV? I know. Well, again, that was my logic. Everyone is consuming more content than ever. And I was like, what better, what better segue to here's my podcast? Like, you know, it's what I decided. And like March, it seemed like 2020 was just like, you know, write it off. Like the year sucks. I was like, well, if, if that's the case, I want to have something to show for it. Like, if it sucks regardless, might as well get something done. That's so, how I felt of being in, in, in a cold tundra. Exactly. Was. Well, that's what you talked about, okay. looking outside. I want to have something to show for exactly, it. Exactly, because the time is going to pass and the current situation sucks, so you might as well get something out of it. And that's what my Absolutely. logic is. It's like, you know, no matter how bad a day is, if I'm listening to audiobooks, it's like, you know what? The day sucked. I had a bad workout. I didn't meditate well. I'm depressed, anxious, whatever. But you know what? Now I know about this deputy director of the CIA. And is it is it worth anything? Probably not. But you know what? Now I have a piece of information. But when you exactly. add, yeah, when you add those up over all of COVID quarantine, well, now it's manifesting as now I'm just emailing authors whose books I've read and I'm getting them on my podcast. And now it's like, oh, okay. So it's like, make it make it work for you you know does that make sense absolutely absolutely i'm gonna be texting a couple people that i think you should probably have on please do so uh, authors especially please do um but now yeah yeah absolutely and you know i think that that's a good mindset i mean you know it's funny uh halloween was yesterday gosh i felt so bad for our children the little kids you know it's like Okay, you know, and and I saw a meme that came across on Instagram, and it said, um, "Okay, I've been wearing a mask for about eight months, and I've been eating candy for about eight months. What's different?" That's that's brilliant. Yeah, it's what could be scarier than twenty twenty? Yeah, we're all wearing masks and eating shit anyway. I I just like completely, you know, vegetating, and yeah. uh, I just you. But I'm like you. I have to make my time. Yeah, um, it gotta have something to, to show for it. For yeah. So yeah, I just important. yeah, I feel so. Like I said, I, when a day goes by, but I don't have something to show for it the next day, I'm like, well, what the, what the hell am I doing? Right? It's it's, it's you know, if it's like my end goal is to, um, to throw. Uh, this is a weird analogy. If my end goal is to throw a paper airplane as far as I can throw it, and each day I can only throw it whatever you know physics I can only throw it so far but I'm next to a mountain well if tomorrow I, I'm at least three feet higher on the mountain and I wake up and throw my paper airplane from there even if my throw isn't any better there's three more feet under me and if you mm-hmm. just okay well is that much not really okay but what happens if it's for You're making qu- progress. Yeah, yeah what if it's for quarantine what if it's we're going to be in quarantine for 15 days and now it's nine months or eight months or whatever it is. Now it's like, okay, well, what if I'm now I'm 1500 feet higher and it's not much, but I just, it doesn't bother me as much when I know I'm kind of standing on my shoulders from yesterday a little more, right? Tomorrow Absolutely. it will be, tomorrow I'll be sending out emails with, hey, I've done 233 episodes, right? 
big difference? No. Bigger than yesterday? No. I, hey, That's I'm, a lot of yeah. episodes. But if you just keep pitching it as that, you know, was it a big difference in March? Hey, I, I've done 35 episodes. My name's Tommy Kerrigan. No, but now you kind of blink and the time passes and now it's November and it's, hi, I'm Tommy. I've done 233 episodes. At some point, it starts to, right, the wave gets high enough that it starts to break over and it starts okay. to have an effect. But more importantly, just like you learning Illustrator and looking out at the snow, is, God, it keeps you from going insane. That's the important. Oh, my God. It almost made me insane. I'm sorry. The pen tool. I oh, could. I, I, just learning how I to do the pen tool. Illustrator. I, I, I just... I hate it's, Illustrator. I, oh, yeah. but it's necessary because it's it's a vector. I hate. I know, and that's why I I taught myself Photoshop on on Photoshop Mix on that free app on an iPad. And once I started doing Adobe courses on my laptop, yeah, I hated Illustrator. I hated. You got to know it because it's a vector and it's scalable and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't care. And, and 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 manufacturers like it. Sometimes they'll ask you. They say we want an Illustrator file, <sighs> and you have a contract with them. And then I, you're like, but I did it in Photoshop. Yeah, oh, yeah. no, it's good. it's rasterized. <laughs> I'm like, it's 8K. You can't even tell anyway. It's just yeah, just blow well, up the and damn it's not even it. going to be blown up into a billboard. Yeah, but, you know, you still have to fulfill the client's needs. Yeah, and the other thing is, you know. All the programs. I'm Adobe Creative Suite. I've got all the programs. I had to teach myself all of them. I do audio video production for, oh, geez. you know, so it's 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 all a matter of, you know, a tenacity. I yeah. think is sitting there and just saying, I will get through this and I will learn it. And then and then actually, once I became completely confident in this new set of tools that I had to create with, then it was easy. Yeah. You know, and I then it was just that basically the fact that I was creating on a computer with a Wacom tablet mm -hmm. and I was, you know, I taught myself how to do a podcast. I taught myself how to do an intro. I taught myself how to do all this stuff. And that's why I say to people, it's like, don't ever think that you can't do something. You have yeah. to have the um, the just the perseverance to say, yeah. you know, th if this is something I want to do, then you better, you know, just buckle down, you know chin up buttercup and yeah. do it yeah you know because it, yeah if you don't you know you're we we only have so much time on this earth yeah you know yeah make it, it the best that you can yeah I, I sometimes i look at or a lot of times i don't even you know i like to look at it from like an optimistic standpoint i'm like i can do anything just put my mind to it but when life really sort of grinds me down what i do is i start to look at the universe life god whatever you want to call it I look at it as an individual, like a person, and I look at them like actively screwing me over. And I'm just like, <laughs> they've been grinding me down. And in their mind, they're like, he's 30. We've been wearing him down for 30 years. He's going to give up, right? In my mind, I'm like, just to spite you, I'm, gonna I'm keep going to going, keep going. Just to That's keep right. going. And it's like, it's, it's a terrible mind, right? Because it's sort of coming from this like negative place. But it's what drives me forward, right? Even if you're in last place you in You know what? Whatever makes yeah. you drive forward, then yes. go with That's your motivation, then you go with that. Yeah. And, and you're not hurting anyone, but it is the motivation of someone tells you you yeah. can't. Yeah. You're going to say, just, watch me. I'm going to keep That's going, right. right? Even if you're yeah, in last exactly. place in a marathon and you're not going to win right. gold, just keep crawling just so that friend that said you couldn't do it. Who cares? Yeah. Crawl across bleeding and tired and just <laughs> just to do it. Like Find that anger. And and then once that gets you going, then you can kind of find a positive place, and that's when you pursue it. But 
the yeah, yeah you got to kind of use the rage to get through. I mean, it's a rainy day in November. COVID's still going on. The country's seemingly on the edge of collapse. And God help us. Yeah. God help us. So, well, if it already sucks, might as well have something to show for it. So, knock out another episode today. That's exactly. That's my mindset. And I'm happy to help you knock one out. Woo. So, yeah. well, thank what you. number am I, by the way? Am I two hundred and what? You, you're two thirty three. Okay. Two thirty-three. It. Hey, it's a good one. It's not bad. That's yeah. <laughs> a good one. <laughs> yeah. How did How did you get in touch with with George Patton's granddaughter? Oh, I met her. Uh, it was actually serendipitous because I I actually met her mother and father first uh, without knowing her. I had um, we were living in Boston, and uh, the West Point Society of New England um, always had this uh, picnic held at the Patton Farm. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the time, of course, her father, who was a retired two-star general, uh, and the son, the only son of General George Patton, um, had uh, would host uh, the society at his uh, at his home with his wife and uh, Helen's mother. And um, I went there, and I remember meeting him. He was tall and a booming voice, you know, and he was just, uh, it was an extraordinary experience actually to be there because that is where Mrs. Patton spent most of the years during the war was there at the Patton farm. And then of course, to walk around and see so much of history reflected all over the place (laughs) um, was pretty extraordinary. But then years later, when my former husband became a brigade commander and we went to Stuttgart, Mm-hmm. Uh, Germany, mm-hmm. where he took command, um, he had to go. Well, actually, it was in, he. Well, before he took command, he, he was actually at Heidelberg at you know, United States Army Europe Command, mm-hmm. and he had been delegated to be the representative for USERA, um at a Holocaust commemoration. Okay. And he was sitting next to this woman with a shock of white hair, young, very attractive. But she had a she had a uh, you know one of those that my name is you know and it said Helen Patton yeah and he's a West Point graduate and yeah. of course Patton is a was a West Pointer and so he just happens to ask her says excuse me ma'am I would be rude but would you happen to by any chance be related to General Patton she goes oh yeah that's my grandfather <laughs> and from then on it just took off and they became you know they talked a lot and then. She came to Stuttgart. I met her. We developed a very, you know, wonderful friendship. And over the years, and you know, her father had actually served at Stuttgart okay. um, as the commanding general. And at the time, the commanding general almost held court as the mayor of the oh, command. You know, and so for her, she came to visit, and she got a chance to kind of go down memory lane and see where she she had gone to high school there. So she got to see where she used to live and you know a lot of military kids like to do that you know it's it's an opportunity to revisit because you don't really have a house that you can go back to yeah you know you live everywhere every two years yeah uh so it's always nice to go back and say oh yeah i remember that that's changed and this so helen and i became friends through that and kept together um and then um we stayed for a week in nehu in normandy um which is the patent home okay it's now been made into um uh under the patent foundation it has become a place where um it's um a lot of military veterans uh who ptsd or Mm -hmm. anything along those lines can go to to spend some time um of course she's always been very very much involved with our greatest generation and um 
also keeping alive the leadership principles of her grandfather. Yeah. Um, so have all the Patton children, uh, yeah. her brothers and sisters as well. Uh, Benjamin Patton has done amazing things doing um, We Were There. I believe that's the name and I could be wrong. Forgive me, Benjamin. Uh, but it's uh, it's basically bringing to different bases uh, the opportunity for our veterans uh, in active duty who have served overseas to take a camera and tell their own story. So you okay. kind of take, yeah, he's taught them filmmaking and they can tell their story. So it's been a very successful program. And Benjamin wrote a book called Growing Up Pat. You know, he didn't go into the military. My son didn't go into the military. Okay. He didn't follow his father's footsteps. Now there's many that do. I have lots of friends whose um, children went ahead and followed into West Point and kept the legacy going. Um, but, you know, I always look at it this way. My son served 18 years in the military as a child, yeah. as a military brat. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, at the time when it came for him to make that decision, that was his decision to make. Um, he's now a producer in Hollywood. Oh shit. And that's the, that's the choice he made. And uh, I'm very proud of him. He was at HBO uh, working uh, marketing for the Game of Thrones <sighs> franchise and uh, Silicon Valley and uh, Westerworld. I mean, he worked Jeez. on all of that for two years. And then he uh, just decided I'm going to LA. I'm going to get my master's. So he went to the American Film Institute. And then from that, he went to work for Millennium Media. And then from that, he's now working for uh, a very incredible company that is doing a lot of work um, in, uh, in, in with television. And I could tell you, you would know exactly what I'm talking about. But if I do, I may not have a son who comes home for Christmas. So I won't say anything <laughs> because I'll be revealing a secret. Oh, I, th I thought <laughs> I'm not allowed to say. I thought you were, I thought you were alluding to somehow it was dangerous. Like, no, no, I was no. like, oh, my God, is, we, is he working know, with the mafia? Oh, I thought I thought <laughs> no. you were alluding that he's working for, like, the CIA. I was like, don't get no, him killed. No. I was like, this no, podcast isn't worth it. Oh, okay. It's just Hollywood. I guess you could call it okay. that. So <laughs> okay, okay. What, how did, that's badass. That's, like, that's like super is. successful. I thought you were just casually saying, oh, he went into filmmaking. I was like, oh, that's neat. You know, find your own, right? No. Find your own thing yeah. that you love. No, he's he's going and he's burning it down. Yeah, he is. And you know, the thing that's amazing is when he started out in his undergrad, he went to Case Western Reserve over in Cleveland, and uh, he did his undergrad there, and he started pre-law. You know, we okay. always thought he was going to be a lawyer. Yeah. This kid wrote his first contract to his father, who took a dollar from his from the, the table early morning. His dad just needed a dollar. You know, military guys, they just need a dollar for coffee. Yeah. I mean, that's basically how it is. And, but his, his son watched him at six years old. And the next thing we know, he pinned to our bedroom door a contract saying, I saw you took a dollar from my bedroom. And unless it's returned by Friday, you owe me 110,000% interest. And I mean, he wrote a contract and he signed it. And so from then on, we said, this kid's going to be a lawyer. Have you, ever, you know? have you ever seen the movie The Other Guys? No, With no, no. With Will Ferrell? I guess that is one thing I've seen. I, I'm going to have to go look it up. I love Will Ferrell. He's, he, yeah, he becomes, he's like an accountant in a police department and he tries to just be like the most vanilla thing ever. But he's, Marky Mark's like, what did you do as a kid? Did you have a normal life? And he was like, when I was 11, I audited my parents. And he's like, what? <laughs> he goes, what are you? And that just made me think, he wrote his first contract and it's like, oh my God, he's writing contracts. Are It's like 99 theses and just nailing it to your door. It's 
Oh, yeah, that's my son, Aliens. I still have it, actually. I kept that's it. That's badass. And uh, so I thought he would do that. But then, lo and behold, he, by his sophomore year, he came to me and says, Mom, do you think I could change my, my major to theater? And, uh, of course, the Cleveland uh, Cleveland Playhouse, of course, is there in Cleveland. It's uh, He did improv for four years. He did extraordinarily well. He's uh, So he did screenwriting, you know, he playwright you know all all of that he learned all of that along with other things and um he was offered uh, a summer abroad with the london academy for the creative arts which i um i think that's how it is i know i know um i think helen went to that one um he didn't go because of the uh the fact that he did become a theater major and there was just some issues with that but also second city came calling from chicago mm -hmm. and they wanted him for a, for a semester and we went all the way to Chicago and we were looking for an apartment for him and we thought this was going to happen. But it was a brand new program and they hadn't quite gotten the oh, no. grading quite right oh, and no. enough to cases standards. So he couldn't do it. So, but it was really cool to go to Second City Chicago and see the original, you know, back in the day, uh, cast, yeah. you know, uh, of the originals, you know. Yeah. And that was kind of cool to see. And, uh, but it was, you know, but he went from there to um, his graduation gift Gift was, uh, I said, if you can get into this, you're going to USC film. I mean, you know, if you want film, you're going to give your right yeah. arm to go to USC yeah. film. Yeah. And he went there and uh, he did a, a sitcom writing. He got into this pro uh, for the summer. And what I wanted more than anything is I wanted him to see the other side because he's all he's all he was always into film. He, mm -hmm. he was a big George Lucas, you know, Star Wars. Sure. I mean, that was it. Um, and uh, but it turned out that he uh, he wanted to go to New York and uh, it turned out the, the best of, you know, what it, it needed to be. He got into uh, 40, uh, what is it, 30 Rock. He got into mm -hmm. that within eight months of being in New York Jesus. and working for Oxygen Network. And then after that, they did away with the, that department. So then he freelanced for HBO and then they hired him full time. And then he did that. So, and now he's in Hollywood and he's following his dream and doing what he wants to do. And I'm so ever so proud of him. So he's absolutely kicking ass at this. He is kicking ass and I'm very proud of him. <laughs> I'm proud of him. I don't even know him and I'm proud of him. I know. You'd like him. <laughs> he's really cool. Well, I don't know. Well, you know and he's... actually, you're exactly his age. Really? I was going to ask. Yeah. How old? Yeah. Mother. <laughs> yeah. It's, dude, I was going to say, can you get him on the podcast? But I realized, I don't know. Is that going to get him fired? Is that? Uh, probably. But okay. I'll ask him. <laughs> yeah. It's, hey, it's a 95% rejection rate. So it's, that's why I'm so open oh, about it. No. Terrible. We got to work on that. Oh we no! It is. Things. It is. I have found that that is like a physical law. Like really? Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, just like I mean, it's almost like a physics equation. It's like PV equals NRT, or it's like <laughs> it, ninety-five. Shoot out a hundred emails. Ninety-five won't respond to you. Five will. One of those five will say sure. That's what I've found, and so it's. But I've just taken it as like I've stopped complaining about it and been like, all right, whatever. That's just. That's just what it is. But so. you know what? Look at it this way, though, Tom, is that you're shooting it out there. And if you didn't do that, then you wouldn't have any kind. You, you, exactly. It, it's, it really is the fact that you have. I mean, look, Matt Rogan had this. He, he came from something. Okay. So it wasn't easy from the beginning for him to. Yeah. So it's like you. It's like actually my son will tell you in, 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 in New York. There's a million actresses that want to be Broadway stars, okay? There's a bazillion of them, and they come to New York. Um, 
And out of all of that, you know, yeah, you're going to run into the disappointment of the fact that I'm sorry, you know, every major high school star of every town high school in the country yep. showed up in New York and thought that they had the that chops for you yeah. know making it. And yeah. but you got to do it. You got to put it out there, and you got to you know, or you're not going to get a result. Or yeah. You're not going to get something. You're just going to sit and wallow in, yeah. in misery. And I don't. I don't think you are a wallower. I'm not a wallower. Um, yeah, you gotta, you gotta move forward. Yeah. I found it's not even necessarily like you have to beat out other people so much as you just, it's like, it's like, if it's like, if there's like a bunch of people holding onto a pull-up bar, it's not even that you have to do the most pull-ups. You just have to hold on the longest and eventually people start letting go. And it's, it's almost like it's that kind of process. Like you don't even have to hit it out of the park. You just kind of have to keep going and going and going that sounds like a survivor show. Actually, it does. I think they did that. It, where you like probably. hold on to the bar and a two drops first. Probably. But it's that's what I found. It's like it's not even like that you have to outdo everyone else so much as you just have to like just not give up. Just hold and it sounds so cheesy and cliche, but it's like if you just hang on long enough, all this at some point it's not that you succeeded, it's just kinda of that everyone else failed. And then you're like, Oh, shit, I'm here right it's yeah. that at least that's what i found i don't know how and that's what that you is. want is yeah. that you got there just you yeah. know i if, if i had sat down all those years ago and i had said forget it i'm gonna go and get a bottle of wine and sit down and watch the housewives of new york city yeah and i'm just gonna sit down and that'll be what i do and yeah. i'll just be the country club wife yeah you know like yeah. and i didn't do that i said i want i have to do something and i've got to figure out what my next you know, and, uh, and it became Home Front Girl. Yeah. And it became this brand that I'm still pushing and I'm still working very, very hard, especially during COVID, to get back um, where it was before. And yeah. it's not easy, but I'm not giving up. Yeah. So um, I think that's part of it is you, you have to make the decision that, you know, you're not going to give up. Yeah. And um, remember why you got started whenever yes. anything happens. Yes. Or... Just look again, uh, anthropomorphize of the of, uh, the universe. Just look at it as someone that's telling you you can't do it. Just be like, screw, yeah. screw you. I'm gonna that'll, keep going. That'll, that'll motivate you. It will. It's another thing. But not everybody's like that, though. Tom. No, not everybody yeah. will have someone say you can't do it. They'll say, oh, you're right, and then yeah. off they go to be miserable. That's but true. there are there's the other ones that say, watch me. Yeah, yeah. You know, don't those who say it's impossible should get out of the way of those who are doing it. Right. That, exactly. that quote. It's one thing that I started is I started this podcast on December 12th and my mindset was, cause for years I was trying, I was trying to do graphic design and I just, I couldn't, I couldn't turn it into money. And when the only things I could do for money were things I didn't like. So it kind of, the whole reason I decided not to go to medical school is cause I, I, I wasn't happy. And my uncle who was a doctor told me, if you're smart enough to be a doctor, you're smart enough to make money doing something that you like. Or he said you're smart enough to make more money doing less work. And so when I got to graphic design, I didn't like what I was doing. I was like, well, now I'm back at square one, so I'm not just going to settle. And I kept trying to get it, in quotations, it, the thing, whatever, the golden goodie, the pot at the end of the rainbow. I kept trying to get it within like a day. And it was, I kept going for like instant gratification, completely ignoring like the recent memory that it took four years to get into medical school. And finally, this like last December, it just kind of dawned on me. I was like, I keep 
almost blinking and it's like December again, 2016, 2017, 2018. And each time I look back and I'm like, man, the time has passed. If I had just done something little each day, I'd be so much farther than I was a year ago. So finally last December, I was like, what if I just do a little bit each day? And the point of me saying all this is like what I've found works is whereas some people, maybe it doesn't work to say you can't do it. Yeah. Like you said, maybe they just go, yeah, you're right. So like I took a different approach and it was, I had, I still, I still have it. I updated it this morning. I have an Excel spreadsheet and in the columns I wrote a number of episodes, number of subscribers, number of total views. And I just update in the first day it was one, one, one. And I just kept updating it every day. And it went depressingly slow. Like like absolutely miserably slow. But I would always kind of just blink and oh my God, it's been two months. Oh my god, it's been five months. I just kept adding and adding and adding. And now it's where it is now. And I look at it and I'm like, oh my God, like it's work. So point of that whole rant was I found just keeping records. And I was going to ask, do you do that? Is there any metric you do with Homefront Girl? Because that's like what's kept me sane is like almost making it a video game and just every day. Yeah, I'm like, I, think, yeah. I think that's a great, that's a great, that's a great uh, um, thing that you're doing. Um, as far as with Homefront Girl, if I were to keep a record, it would be the contracts that I have. Yeah, well, it'd <laughs> have know, to be private. Every yeah. time I sign a contract, that would be really the best metric because, uh, yeah. but it, um, uh, the difficulty is uh, for me is that I have I started with something that no one else had actually ever looked at. I started with a market that no one had ever looked at. Yeah, and I'm yeah. still in many ways dealing with that. Yeah, um, dealing with that sort of a prejudice against the fact that it might be a niche market, but it isn't. Twenty four million is not a yeah that's a not, niche market. That's not a niche, uh, yeah. I don't know what consumer wants or what retailer wants to pass up on a consumer market that large. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, I extended it to first responders because I feel that, you know, sure. when I came up with Homefront Girl, the log line was, you know, she's a wife, she's a mom, she's a sister, she's anyone that's ever shared their hero with the world. And, um, and when I say she, um, I was called Homefront Girl. So, you know, that kind of just means that, but it by no means uh, excludes the sure. service sure. of male spouses sure. as well. And, um, you know, so as far as a, any kind of metric that I look at, it would probably be the fact that I, that, you know, I have a very strong following within, you know, on Instagram and, you know, Facebook, and that's all well and good. But it is always a constant um, battle. Mm -hmm. It really is mm -hmm. to get manufacturers to see this as much more than just a uh, niche market yeah. and to get them to see something because I'm the only one doing it. No yeah. one had ever thought to even do anything like this, which can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing yeah. because um, there aren't any numbers at the yeah. beginning to yeah. say, okay, yeah, this is good. All right, let's get on this bandwagon. Yeah. Um, and now we're dealing with the idea of COVID manufacturing. Most of it is done over in China mm -hmm. or in Taiwan or overseas. Yeah. And, you know, that just drew to a complete, Halt, you yeah. know, yeah. Uh, for so many manufacturers, and so they stuck with what they had already in stock, and uh, very few were willing to, you know, open contracts um, and start new contracts. So that that was difficult. That yeah. was, and it has been difficult. So, um, you know, twenty twenty sucks. I mean, I don't know if anyone's ever told you that, but yeah. it really does. Yeah, <laughs> it, it does. It, it absolutely, it absolutely does. But it, 
which reinforces my belief that like might as well have something to show for it like right exactly and when they took sean connery the other day i was it sucked even bigger i couldn't believe he well i mean i'm glad he passed away in his sleep and he was restful and at peace and everything but my goodness what oh you don't know sean connery died no i didn't yes oh my gosh tom you fuck 2020 2020 sucks. You know what? I take sucks. it back. I know. There's no Sean redeeming Connery, qualities. The best Bond ever. Died <sighs> two days ago. Sean Connery died. Can you believe Sean Connery? I mean, he thought he was going to be forever. But I mean, um, I, yeah, Sean Connery, I, the I, ultimate Bond. Well, he's in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I watched that in like June. It, Extraordinary, right? Yeah. I mean, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Horrible. I know. Yeah, and a great Scott. Oh yeah. my goodness! I it's, mean, he was just—he was a man's man, and you know, from I, the beginning, he was the best Bond ever. Yeah, and yeah, and he—and he's dead, honey. God rest his soul. And you didn't know. I didn't know. You know what? Maybe there is no redeeming qualities of 2020. Maybe I was a little too optimistic. <laughs> yeah, that's what everyone said. You suck, 2020. Yeah. Everybody was posting that. Oh my God! He took Sean Connery. I thought you—I you thought you—I thought you like misnamed someone. I was like, oh, oh maybe she kidding. means someone else, like some other Sean. Oh, oh my. the ultimate Bond. Yes. I can't believe that. Yeah, I'm sorry. To, I know. I felt the same way. Trust me. Oh. <laughs> Do you remember the Highlander? Yes. Highlander? I can't. I, I think he was an Highlander. I mean, I can't remember, you know, but I always think it's just, there can only be one. <laughs> yeah. 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 There can only I, be one. And there was only one. It was Sean Connery. <sighs> Yeah, Mr. Ball. Yeah, God damn it, that is depress. <laughs> that is depressing. That is. I'm so sorry, but yeah, <sighs> everybody's depressed. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know, but yeah. So look at this. I mean, we're nearing. We're in November. Can you believe it? Exactly. I mean, we're nearing the end of this year. <laughs> and we can, yeah, and we can just. And when this year's over, we can just wrap this bitch up and just put it behind us and. There is an upside. There is an undeniable upside. And it's that. What was that? Things we have taken for granted. I mean, really. I oh, mean, this is true. This is very true. Going to the bar, going to sporting events, going to the beach. None, yes. of, none of which are things I do, but going regardless. Going to a Broadway play. Yeah. I mean, none of these are things I do. I stay inside anyway. But for everyone else that that's like the things they like is how great is it going to be to just have this shit back that we completely took for granted? It's going to be that we amazing. do have it back. We will. We will. I refuse to believe that it goes on for. I think people will just start saying, screw this. I'm going out. If this is how I die, this is how I die. I think Jeez, that will eventually that'll help. That'll help with the lawn spreading of the spread. Oh, 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 I don't know. I'm not saying this it will is... be good. I'm, I'm just saying I yeah. think that will happen. I'm not defending or, or going against it. I'm just, I think eventually you're going to have people be like, well. Well, they're saying into 2021 this summer. I mean, Broadway is supposed to be coming back June of 2021. That's what I've heard so far. And, yeah. you know, but you think about it, how many of those people have been put out of work? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and, and can't I, come I back. just, it, it, people, you know, when you start to think about, the people who are in those kinds of, you know, from rock concerts to people who put the concerts together, mm-hmm. like the scaffolding and mm-hmm. the lighting. I know, I know one who owns a business who that's all he does for over thirty years. Yeah, major concerts yeah. and, um, yeah, it hurts business. Yeah, it, absolutely. Um, and then we've got Broadway actors, the grips, the people 
you know, behind the scenes, they don't have a job. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been extraordinary. I, I, I mean, you know, 2020 means high, you know, seeing high, you know, if you have perfect, perfect vi- vision yeah. or, yeah. you know, yeah. 2020 is hindsight as the saying goes, but nobody saw this coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. when we greeted 2020. Yeah. It's, but who knows, maybe this is where if we rebuilt after world war two or the civil war, if we, if we got through the cold war, if we survived nine 11, I just don't see this being the nail in the coffin. I think I it's definitely bad, but the idea that this is kind of like, you know, you can't do that. All right. Maybe you, maybe you're right. I can't. That's how I look at it. This is the universe being like, all right, it wasn't world war two. It wasn't the civil war. It wasn't nine 11. Here's COVID. I mean, am I really going to give the universe that gratification? Ah, he knocked me out of no, the pandemic. No, screw you. I'm going to come back and me speaking as the human race. I'm going to build the best goddamn thing ever. And we're going to laugh in the face of, of COVID. That's, that's my mind because I don't sure optimistic romantic idyllic all of those but I don't see it's what Elon Musk said I'd rather be optimistic and wrong than be pessimistic and right because there's nothing exactly what's there's nothing, nothing what do you get from pessimism yeah. what do you ha, get from a yeah. negative attitude you right? don't get anything from right? it it's, it's, but more yeah. of a negative right it's like ha I you know I told you that my house burned down it's like why, why are you happy about that like it's so I'd rather be blindly. And you were right that it was going to burn down. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> okay, cool. Happy. Yeah, it's it's a like, cool. Yeah, ha! I told you that that girl was going to reject me from going out on a date. It's like, why are you cheering that? So the way yeah. I look at it is, is like, this is just but a stepping stone to something greater. And if it's not, yeah, if it's not, then I would much rather be wrong about it being a stepping stone as opposed to being nope it's over humanity's over the rest of the world canceled what do you yeah. what it was but to kind of completely jump back i saw on your website um there's a petition to the department of defense mm-hmm. can you go into that because yeah sure yeah um well there's something within the military that's called the 2020 rule and i don't know that's not the official name but that's what most of the military uh families know it is and it means that if you um are married you have to be married 20 years of service members active duty time you have to be married with it you could be married 50 years but if you only have 18 years of his active duty years that you were married then you will lose in the event of a divorce you will lose all of your benefits because you're missing two years if you are married for 19 years and 364 days, you will lose it because of one day. And that I discovered as I was fighting cancer at Johns Hopkins, uh, because I, um, at the same time, was dealing with the fact that my uh, marriage was completely falling apart. Yeah. Um, and then I got cancer uh, from the stress. <laughs> the stress will give you cancer. Um, and so what ended up, so what I decided, um, and I think this is just in my nature is, um, I think if you have, um, what I, when I, what I felt in discovering that after living my life for my entire life within the military structure and having served as a military spouse, because our children and our military spouses and families serve as well. Sorry, but that's the truth. Mm-hmm. And, um, was that this is an unfair law and I left I went with a friend I left chemo that day and I went I had made an appointment to see my senator 
uh, Rhode Island, Senator Reed. And I told him what I wanted to speak to them about. So I got an hour with them and I went in and um, I sat in front of them and I said, this is an absolutely um, unfair situation that you're placing those who have been those combat multipliers that you love to call on and say that they've done all that they've done. But yet in the event of a divorce, you have a law in place that will leave them at a loss for the benefits um, that they have so richly earned. Um, and when you are a military spouse, unless you're one of the rare cases, you don't build up a 401k. You don't build up a career. It's not the kind of life that makes it easy for that. And I will say that the, the spouses of today have been able and are very motivated to become entrepreneurs within the structure of the life that they lead as military spouses. And I think that's a, a, an extraordinary thing and I applaud them for it. But at the same time, the law, the way it sits, will still keep you away from your benefits. And then when I told them, I said, look, the war has come home. You have 5 million military caregivers that are taking care of our PTSD and TBI and those that are even further wounds. Um, and they require, they go to therapy. They have to deal with this somehow because they're dealing with night terrors. They're dealing with a person that they sent off that came back a completely different person and they have children. So now what you're telling me is that if that person decides that, you know what, I don't want to be married anymore. And that woman has absolutely no recourse and will lose her benefits, the use of the commissary, the use of going on a base, the use of being able to get her therapist and have health insurance. That was the big deal. The mm -hmm. health insurance was the big deal. Yeah. Um, and um, that cannot be uh, what the military intends when they, you know, we have a warrior ethos, which is leave no one behind, but you're leaving an entire cadre of military uh, supporters and families, and that's unfair. So um, I started the petition. I am still, uh, well, COVID has interrupted everything, but I was working with uh, a couple of uh, people, uh, senators, and uh, who sit on the Senate Armed Services Committee. And I'm, you know, my determination is that it w it's too late for me. I can't, I can't help, it can't help me any longer. I was missing a year. And because of a year, I lost everything. And I have a have you know i have i have uh i had cancer so i would require health insurance and uh anyway um so long story short is that i will continue to work with these uh congressmen and senators and try to move this forward because um even if it doesn't uh i can't benefit from it i never want another woman to walk the halls of a hospital or anywhere and wonder what am i going to do now yeah, because it's out of her hands and the military that I know and love and uh, this is anathema to what they really um, should be doing and this is wrong so that is what the petition is about and that is what um, as a military you know advocate and and I guess you could call me that it is to make a difference so I've been on a you know Brian Kilmeade uh, show and I talked about the 2020 rule I've talked about it on several different uh, shows to get the exposure. Um, nothing, you know, I well, last year was a lot. I did quite a bit, but then, you know, this year is a completely different year all around, but I continue to push the, the petition. It's important, and, you know, it's important to stand up. Yeah. If you have a voice, stand up, even if you can't benefit from it. If what, now what did, what did you mean? 
um, when you said it, it can no longer help you. Is that? Uh, it can't be grandfathered. I'm divorced, so I can't be grandfathered into it. Okay. If I had been separated and uh, legally separated, I would continue to keep my benefits. And then if it became law, then I would benefit from it. But that wasn't going to happen. Um, so, I'm, unfortunately. I'm I'm a moron. What What is the difference between divorce and legal separation? Well, uh, you're not a moron, but uh, divorce <laughs> is like final. Okay. <laughs> and uh, legal separation is sort of like you've uh, made an agreement that you're not living together. Uh, you know, you're separated. Uh, but under the auspices of a military benefit like this, I would still be granted the um, military benefits, including health care. Okay. Um, and unfortunately, that wasn't something that um, he would agree to. So okay. I lost it all. Okay. And if, if feel free not to answer what, what was your experience with, with cancer? I mean, I know this is a stupid question. Oh, you know, no, oh, no, absolutely. Was, yeah, no, it was a great experience, Tommy. Yeah, no, no, I, but <laughs> my experience with cancer was after, um, my, the sudden ending, a suddenly unexpected and totally surprising ending to my, uh, marriage. Um, I felt I went into a, really, it was a PTSD, a total sure. trauma. Sure. I lost extraordinary. And, um, you know, when that happens, I like to explain, you know, yeah. and what I learned from my own oncologist is the fact that cortisol, which is one of the yeah. things that happens from stress, yeah. goes coursing through your body and you know, you're a medical student, so you know what I'm talking about. Destroys. And it was an extraordinary, um, impactful, uh, thing that I hadn't expected. I was at the end of my divorce, I was 28 years married, 26 at the time that it happened. And uh, within four and a half months, I had just passed the mammo. So it was breast cancer. And so I was healthy. I was, you know, thankfully, disgustingly healthy for most of my life. Yeah. And, uh, but it took something like that, something that was so traumatic, so incredibly um, unexpected um, to take me to stage three very quickly. So within, uh, my husband was left, <laughs> I was left on an island and uh, I have absolutely no idea what just happened. And, uh, and within four and a half months, I was listening to my doctor tell me that I had stage three. So I had to get to Johns Hopkins to fight it. So I did no idea how it was going to happen, but I did get through it. Uh, I went into remission and I did come out of remission last, um, last year. Uh, so I've been fighting it. No, actually, that's not a good thing. No. People always think that when I do that. So I was in remission, which was a good thing. When you're in remission, oh, came out of remission. Put it down. Oh, no. I came out of remission. So that means that it came back. So I've been, uh, I had to fight it again. And things are going good. Okay. So I'm very grateful for that. Okay. I mean, it's not easy, of course. I'm, yeah. I'm fighting it again. Yeah. But you know what? There's a lot of other people that have a lot of worse situations than me. So I have to give thanks for... Um, incredible support system that I have. Um, and also, I think the best thing, uh, and I think you would agree, is that in any situation, look, approach it with positivism, positive uh, qualities. Um, if you approach it with just like you, we've talked about, the negative aspect, what are you going to get? Yeah, you know, it certainly it. isn't going to help in any way. I mean, I could curl up in a corner and just be in a fetal position and say, okay, I'm done. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. You know, God needs to go find some other badass. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Go find another <laughs> hero. It's not me. Yeah. yeah. But, um, no, you have to, um, I think pos a positive, a positive attitude and, 
gratitude um, every day is important. So um, I think that's that's key. Yeah. So um, I'm doing I'm doing good, doing good. And uh, we had, had some really good news not too long, uh, actually last week, and very very happy about that and happy that I could call my son and tell him the news and he was hooping and hollering over in Hollywood. And, uh, so that's good. So, um, you know, um, you gotta say, um, I'm not giving up yet. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's from the, the Bhagavad Gita and it's Vishnu. I love the yeah. Bhagavad Gita. Yeah. <laughs> good for you. Yeah. I re- I've read that. I read that by accident in in college i was taking a class on like religions of the world and i read the wrong i did the wrong assignment and i ended up reading like most of the bhagavad gita over like a weekend and started it and was like this is because that's like right when i started meditation and i was reading it and i was like oh my god i was like this i was like this guy's meditated i was like when was this written and then i was like oh holy shit this is really old (laughs) but in it isn't it it's like he's like he's uh whoever he's going going into battle and he's like i don't want to fight anymore and he's like i'm just gonna drop my shield and sword and like go kind of sulk off into the woods and like vishnu comes on or whoever it is and i'm getting all the names butchered but he's like no he's like go he's like rise to the fight he was like this is why you're here in this reality and it's my interpretation of it is like when we die like we i do believe that there is just I don't think anyone cannot go to heaven. It's, again, maybe I'm too optimistic. I think everyone goes back into some ultimate oneness and bliss with all love and perfectness. And whether or not you like live an awesome life or not, I think we all go back into that. That's just my opinion. But it's like, and seeing as how it's almost like walking across like a like a tight like a like a high rope tight rope with a bunch of cushions underneath. It's like you no matter what if you fall if you fall you land on cushions and you can go up again if you make it across cool you can high five and then you can jump into the cushions no matter what you get to go to the cushion so might as well try to walk because why not that's kind of from the bhagavad gita is like rise to the fight like you're not here to go sulk off into the woods you're you're here to rise to the fight and be a warrior and then maybe you die in which case give it your best effort but that's kind of how i look at it is like there's no matter what you get you know eventually you know i don't i don't not i don't look at death as a bad thing maybe that's because i I lost a sibling to suicide and at a seven six years ago but i look at it as like i don't and this sounds bad it sounds depressing but i don't think it is i look at it as i get to die one day i get to lay down and rest and so seeing as how i get to lay down and rest it's like finals week in college. Like no matter what, at the end of the week, I'm going to get hammered drunk and I'm going to pass out and I'm just going to relax. <laughs> I'm going to relax for a month. I'm going to put on 10 pounds of holiday food. Hey, that's some, that, that you need to write a new book. Of them, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's what my logic was, is no matter what I get to sleep. So I might as well come out of this with an A in all of my classes instead of collapsing right before, you know, the end of the semester and end up getting C's. So that's kind of how I view life is like you get to rest at the end. So like go be a champion. Go go out swinging. And then no, I don't mean that in some romantic like you're going to be the best. No, like go face the triple-headed mile-tall monster of life. And if you die, you die. Well, and I think and also too it's like don't be afraid of risk. I think yeah. no one, you know, there's nothing worse than having regrets and saying, gosh, I wish I would have done that or I wish I would have really had the, you know, 
to follow through on something. And I think that comes back to the fact that um, we're only here for so long yeah. in, this, in this life. And um, it, take advantage and make the most of that. Um, and, you know, I, I don't, okay, so you quoted Bhagavad Gita. I'm going to say Rocky. If you remember the scene where he's talking to his kid and he says, you know what? Life is going to knock you down. Yeah. It is brutal. Yeah. It is not fun. Yeah. You're not going to, I'm totally paraphrasing here. Yeah, no, I, but, I know the um, quote. Yeah. You know the quote. You yeah. know, it's very powerful when he yeah. says, but it's not about how many times you get knocked down. It's about how many times you get up. Yeah. And that really is, really, in a nutshell, that is life. Yeah. It's about how many times you get up and yeah. you don't blame others. Yeah, that's the other don't part of the Don't blame others for what you could, you know, and don't envy others for what they have that you don't have. Yeah. Well, how about saying, I'm going to own that one I'm day gonna do that instead too. of saying, who the heck does he think he is having yeah. that? You know, yeah. I didn't grow up in that kind of a world. I mean, I wasn't raised in that kind of a world. My, my parents were like more about you could do, you know, believe in what you want to do and, um, and aspire to more than just you know i certainly wasn't aspire aspire to be envious for the rest of your life yeah it's aspire to be who your full potential is and i hope i gave that to my son um i used to tell him often i since he was little and 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 even to this day he goes i know mom and today lies tomorrow yeah. <laughs> i used to tell him that day, what you do today Think about where you want to be in five years because yeah. you got to do it today. Yeah. Start today to get to where you want to be in five years. Yeah. Because if you don't, you know, five years happens in a blink of an eye. Yeah. And yeah. then where yeah. are you? Yeah. It's. I was going to say, you know? yeah, I used to listen to that, that Rocky quote all the time. And it's life is a mean, nasty world and it's going to be it's going to beat you down better than anyone else. And uh, mm -hmm. it's not about how hard you can hit or how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep going forward. And if you know what you're worth, go out and get it. And don't tell and don't make up excuses. Don't say, I don't have this because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that. And that ain't you. That's the quote I love, I love. that. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. You did a great job. Yeah. That's exactly right. Cowards, Cowards do, that? do yeah. that. Cowards do that. And that ain't you. Now, if you know what That's you're worth, right. go out and get what you're worth. Alone. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know? Yeah, I was gonna say, and then to t I know I said I only keep you for an hour, we're at an hour ten right now. Um, is there was a, I remember there was a, a Rogan quote because I started listening to Joe Rogan in college, like right when the podcast started, and he actually like laid the seeds in my mind of that like I wasn't happy. Little did I know, like ten years later, I'd be doing my own podcast. But it was one of his quotes was like, like don't be envious. If you're digging ditches or shoveling manure and you're sweating and you're out in the summer sun and you just look like shit and you feel like shit and then someone drives by in a convertible with a hot girlfriend, don't get angry at that guy because you stink. Look at that guy and go, oh, it is possible to not stink. He's like, don't don't try to take away from be like, oh, he did it. That means that where I am right now isn't the only reality. That means there are other things mm -hmm. possible. So don't right. he has that be like, look at it as like, um, it's like one of the dangerous things about the atomic bomb was it was that once we did it, every other nation now knew it was physically possible. And that's where the real danger lied. You can kind of flip that and be like, if you can look at Joe Rogan penning a hundred million dollar contract or Tom Brady coming in and winning a Super Bowl and then appearing at nine more, don't look at it as like, oh, he did it. Who's that guy? Be like, oh, holy shit, he did it? 
okay, what well, can be done? It, it can be done. And that's right. Yeah. And that is the way I think everyone should be because I think um, take inspiration from those people and rather than take um, a, a sense of despair that it's, you know, someone else is much more, you know, you know, lucky, luckier than you, has it better than you. I mean, if you do that, what exactly will you be left with other than an, an empty, you know, just yeah. an empty feeling? Yeah. Um, you know, you, you know, carpe diem, yeah. you know, seize the day. Yeah. Okay, well, seize the day. Yeah. You know, go do some epic shit and yeah. get out there and do what you need to do, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. to, uh, to be who you are, fulfill your potential and whatever that potential that you feel is there, not what someone else tells you yeah. you need to be. I think you need to have a sense of real understanding. Um, and it only comes with, as you said, you know, uh, getting to know yourself, getting to understand and accept yourself. And, uh, and I think that is one of the best things that we can do. I mean, our men and women who serve in the military um, have one of the most extraordinary jobs because they have to salute the flag and go where they're sent. Yeah. And they're, it's an all volunteer force. And thank yeah. God for that, that we yeah. have an all volunteer force. Um, but they do it and they salute and they go, and they go where we send them. And that takes courage and that takes extraordinary sense of, um, you know, commitment that they've made. And if they can commit, um, for whatever reason led them to being in the military, society, whatever it is that brought them into that all-volunteer force. You know, think about the opportunities that we have that don't limit us to have to be sent overseas to do all that. So yeah. you have a, you know, it, when you break it down, break it down to the parts of, okay, why can't I do what I want to do? You know, break it down, okay, what's keeping me from doing it? Well. Most of the time, you're going to find that the only person keeping you from doing what you need to do is you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's about it. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like that quote. Uh, it's uh, the only thing keeping the only thing keeping you where you are from being at your dream is the bullshit story you keep telling yourself. That's it's right. Just, it's all that's a very good one. It's, yeah. It's a good, good, good quote. That's a and, great mantra. Yeah. Well, I was going to say we'll, we'll wrap it up with this is um why two more things first is you said about regrets yeah one of the quotes i saw at the beginning of my last semester of college that really kind of sealed the deal of sowing the seed of uh realizing i didn't want to go to medical school was a quote i saw by the author maya angelou and it's um there is no greater there is no greater pain than bearing an untold story Oh, I love that quote. I, know. I, I love Maya. So, that, yeah. Yeah, that burned through my head. Like, I could no longer... I knew I didn't want to be a doctor for a while, but at that point, with that, it became like a splinter in my head. I was mm -hmm. like, I can't... Everywhere I look, it's just... I just, like, almost hear it. It's like there's no greater pain than bearing an untold story. And the second thing is, is... I really hope that you, uh, you change the name of your podcast to The Gift of Gab. Oh, the gift of gab. <laughs> well, that is interesting. <laughs> Alliteration going on I there. Know, I know. It's, you, yeah. Gab. Yeah. Now, is that because you're trying to give me a compliment here, Tom? Are you trying to tell me that I have the gift of gab? You do. It's so, dude. Some guests, it's like pulling teeth, and it's oh. it's well, just fine because a lot of no guests asked to come on. I asked them to come on. So if guests come, I don't hold any guest in like low regard. They gave me their time. But some yeah. of them make it very easy because they talk too, and I can yeah, just sit absolutely. back and listen. 
you're one of the few that talks and I'm actually like, oh, okay, they got this. Like they can, this is interesting. Like I can sit back and listen. I don't have to guide this. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's good. It's good synergy, right? Yeah. I mean, when you get that kind of thing, it's really great. Yeah. So, but Tom, it's been awesome. And uh, you're amazing. The next Rogan, I will remember. I will. Oh, come on. You know you are. (laughs) So, um, but anyway, it's been fun. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for coming on. I don't, I never understand why people thank me for being on. Thank you for coming on. Because it's been, it's been awesome. It's been awesome to be on with you. So, um, hey, uh, ask me back again. Please do. I will absolutely. I'll email you after this. And Gabby okay, Dragon, awesome. Homefront Girl. Great. I will I will Homefront link it. I will link all your girl. stuff, your website, your podcast. It'll be in the description and in the top comment. I'm not exactly sure how many people will get it going because I have a small audience. I always tell people I'll care. link your stuff. Hey, you know what? It's a growing audience, and that's Woo. the best part. Woo. You know? God will. And anyway, um, but yeah, uh, and then um, I'm going to be emailing you back as well because remember what I talked to you about earlier? Yeah. So I'll be sending you some stuff. Yeah. Okay? Please do. Thank you so much for coming on. Your story is oh, inspiring. Absolutely, Tom. It was wonderful. Hey, keep that chin up. I will. Okay? In 2020, <laughs> 2020, damn you for taking Sean Connery. <laughs> Sean Connery, I know, so sorry. Damn you. (laughs) That is. Anyway, take care, sweet. You too. um, It's great talking to you. Thank you so much, and I can't wait till next time. Ciao. All right, bye-bye.